Hello and welcome to the inaugural rendition of Near Perfect Pitch. And I reckon you can't do much better than the fall.
that's the big pink. That is Domino's from uh, 2009 on 4AD Records from the long player, A Brief History of Love. Uh, prior to that, uh, a proper belter, as we like to call them, uh, that is, uh, that's The Fall. And I think I'll probably be playing a Fall track uh, on each and every programme because uh, I think that's more of a moral obligation more than anything else. Uh, that was Everything Hurts from uh, 1991's uh, top, top record, uh, Code Selfish on Cog Sinister Records. Um, today, uh, hoping to get to some material, uh, some new material rather, from uh, Lush, Lush's new single. We've also got uh, some new Frightened Rabbit. We have uh, the record day release, uh, El Mexicano, uh, from uh, our friend Noel Gallagher. We've also got uh, some Portishead, some very bizarre Portishead, which I'll, uh, I'll share with you later. Uh, and on top of that, we're hoping, well, not hoping, that would be lying. I've already done the interviews. I'm going to mix them in and pretend they're live. Uh, speaking to Pat Fish a.k.a. The Jazz Butcher, which is fantastic. Great interview with him, uh, forthcoming. Uh, and also uh, a top, top uh, bit of banter. And uh, I learned a lot from, as I always do, when I talk to Howard Gale, ex-Liverpool uh, ex Liverpool player, and uh, very much uh, involved with five times the ex-player association who do an awful lot of good work globally for uh, numerous charities. And God bless them each and every one. Uh, now, uh, I think we're going to play something... Uh, on the theme of, uh, of Liverpool Football Club, uh, a monumental day yesterday in terms of vindication when it comes to uh, 27 years of unmitigated lies by the media and certain politicians uh, who uh, you either do or do not know. And if you don't know, I suggest you get well read on the subject matter because it's an unbelievable travesty. Uh, and my heart goes out to everybody involved, those that lost uh, any of the 96 and also I think it needs to be mentioned that uh, you've got to be very selective with where you get your media from. So don't just be a lemming, understand who says what, where it comes from, and be a little bit responsible where you get your information from. Uh, there's been a lot of tireless work done by countless people in the city of Liverpool, uh, and I'm just proud to be associated with it in a tiny little way. Uh, and uh, this song is dedicated to all of those people who uh, spread muck and lies about the families uh, and the people and the general population of Liverpool. Quite, quite disgraceful. Uh, and this is Chumbawamba, uh, a very, very, very firm favourite of mine. It's called, uh, well, I'm not going to tell you, you'll be able to surmise it for yourself. Judging by his outlandish attire, he's some sort of free-thinking anarchist. I'll call security, sir.
Duckenfield, Mackenzie, countless others, including Thatcher, all applicable. And that's a wonderful little tune that is from uh, Chumbawamba from Leeds, in case you didn't know. And that is from the album Anarchy. And you can probably surmise the uh, the name of the song there. And that is Mouthful of Shit. And that also, if it wasn't such a, a poignant time in history with regards to uh, the Hillsborough inquest and uh, the vindication... I um, I reckon that could be attributed to uh, to our friend Donald, who I think is um, more than deserving of, of said title. Um, we don't do requests per se in that I am not live. However, there's a Facebook page, uh, Near Perfect Pitch, uh, Twitter, Near Perf Pitch, and uh, you can email me. I would say us and sound grandiose, but that would be uh, entirely a pack of lies. It is just me working the board and everything else. And uh, so if it is rather anarchic, I'll apologise in advance. That's part of the beauty of, uh, of shows such as these. Uh, and I've completely lost my train of thought. Oh, that's what I was going to tell you, the email address. Uh, Nearperfectpitch at gmail.com. Now, I reckon we're going to hear something... I've heard this for a long while, actually, and I've purposely not been listening to it so I could listen to it for the first time in a long while with you lot in a couple of seconds uh, from now.
the Lama. Once Eugenius, uh, Eugenius, in case you are uh, unaware, is a veritable who's who of uh, Scottish musicians, led by, uh, well, still in Vaseline's uh, Eugene Kelly, with uh, with Gordon Keane, an array of uh, who's who of, of Glaswegian and Scottish uh, indie pop, if you like, Francis McDonald involved, Joe McAlinden from Superstar, and doing a lot of solo work on his own right now. Um, just a, just a wonderful record. Uh, Lots of legal issues with their initial name of Captain America. I don't even know which bunch of comics they are. There's Marvel and there's the other lot, aren't they? I'm not really bothered about it, but one of those lot, whoever, whoever it applied to with regards to copyright for Captain America, um, forced them into a name change. So that's Umalama. That's uh, from 1982's record, uh, which is called Umalama. Fancy that. Uh, let's keep in Scotland, shall we? And here is uh, the latest and greatest from Frightened Rabbit. Sure. 
little like you To take this mind and put it in a bowl It's a little like you You shape the way I see you shape my soul It's a little like you We're a million miles from nowhere Yet to clutch the sky I watched it, got the TV I had to wonder why A war is never over A soldier never dies And God is just not in us There are no crucified It's a little like you It's a little like you That's the House of Love. A real fave, fave, fave of mine. That's from uh, the audience uh, with the Mind LP from 93 on Fontana Records. It's an album track, uh, Portrait in Atlanta. Very, very, very grossly underrated band, our House of Love. Um, Alan McGee, Creation Records guru and general all-round top, top bloke, was just mentioning the other week about how he has rediscovered a lot of their material. And um, 
they just had a new album out a couple of years ago, actually, and uh, Guy Chadwick had some solo stuff out. So I highly recommend digging into the uh, the archives, getting yourself some of the old creation stuff and uh, the, the newer Fontana stuff. There's some very, very good compilations out there, too, in case you're a bit uh, strapped for cash. Uh, House of Love, invest, invest, invest. There's a new film coming out. Uh, ben Wheatley has uh, adapted um, the novel uh, High Rise, uh, uh, a novel written by uh, J.G. Bullard in, in uh, 1975. And the score to the film is rather cool in itself. It's uh, scored by uh, by Clint Mansell, uh, ex-pop uh, will eat itself. Now uh, got a very, very successful career in, in scoring uh, films and uh, background music, as it were. He's stuff for the Premier League. He's uh, He's been around and done an awful lot of stuff and uh, fair play to him. So he's done the soundtrack. But there is actually a song that's been specially recorded for this that actually isn't available officially. Anyway, a particular track is um, by Portishead. They've not uh, released anything new for quite some time. Uh, and this has ended that gap of recording. It's, it's a bizarre cover uh, of uh, ABBA, ABBA's SOS, and um, it's not readily available. But I've got a copy of it, so I hope you enjoy it. Where are those happy days? They seem so hard to find I tried to reach for you But you have closed your mind Whatever happened to our love I wish I understood It used to be so nice, it used to be so good When you're gone 
That's some really blatant grooves there. Got Martin Blunt on bass guitar. That's the Charlton's from 1990. That is the B-side to the Overrising single. Um, lots more coming up. Actually, I think next I'm going to play the, the new single by Lush, who have been uh, away for a long, long time. They're currently uh, in the throes of uh, a tour. They're on the West Coast. I believe they were in San Francisco last night. I could be wrong. They're in that area anyway. And I think they've just played Vancouver for uh, people lucky enough out there. No Ottawa day located, so it looks like I might have to uh, uh, have a bit of a road trip if I'm going to catch Lush this time around. Anyway, new single, you can get it at their website, Lush Official. Order it now, you can get it on uh, hard copy, if you're like me, and like touchy-feely tactile things, you want to own them and file them and dust them, or you can just download it digitally from uh, the same place. So, their new single is called Out of Control, and I think I'll play it now.
from 1991, Spaceman 3, with Big City, Everybody I Know. Fantastic tune, that one. Very, very, very fond of that. Hence, that's why I'm playing it. I'm very selfish. I don't usually play stuff I don't like. Um, So that, uh, in retrospect, was part of a feature which I will now name posthumously, which I hope to have on a weekly basis, is going to be the Stick the Kettle On feature, whereby I'll play some long tunes. So if you've got to go for a wee or make a brew, uh, there you are, uninterrupted music uh, to allow you to get a couple of odd jobs around the house done. Um, and also, another feature that I like to uh, resurrect from the old show, Two Pints of Lago, and a packet of crisps from long, long ago, I always like to play uh, a cover version, but I seem to have checked that box already in that I have played Abba's SOS by Portishead uh, as featured in the new film High Rise, but not available to purchase for some absolutely bizarre reason. So we're going to stay... Uh, Stay reasonably dark, no pun intended. Uh, some Jesus and Mary Chain coming up, and uh, we're going to have a, a double shot, some more Scottish tunes.
That's beautiful, that, isn't it? Trash Can Sinatra's They're back with uh, a new LP called Wild Pendulum, which was released on Earth Day. Um, that was the teaser track um, to the folks who uh, funded the record because they uh, they launched the LP through the very popular Pledge Music site, which a lot of bands are using to good effect nowadays. Um, and um, they teased us with uh, Best Days on Earth uh, some weeks ago, which gave you uh, an indication of uh, how sumptuous the, their uh, new new songs were going to be, as if you'd expect anything else from uh, Trash Can Sinatras. Um, we're going to have one more song before we get into... Um, some bants, as they say. Um, I've got Howard Gale, um, ex-Liverpool player, and I mentioned at the top of the show that uh, he's uh, very involved with, uh, with with Five Times, the uh, the players' association, the ex-players' association, Liverpool Football Club, uh, involved in an immense amount of charity work. I had a chit chat with uh, Howard uh, a handful of days ago, and um, very very knowledgeable chap, uh, very very involved, and. Uh, of course, he's an aficionado when it comes to all things Liverpool Football Club, but he's quite a, a sage football uh, brain in general. And it was uh, wonderful having a chat with him, uh, as I said, just a few days ago. Prior to that, though, um, I'm going to play one uh, one last tune for a while. Uh, this is um, going all the way back to, to 1980, uh, 1981, their first single, Lawrence and Felt.
you should be thanking me. That's felt from 1981. 1981. Staggering. It's really, really making me think about uh, what I've done with my life. Um, I haven't done as much as Lawrence in terms of output. He's put out uh, countless records as felt, but also as uh, Denim and Go-Kart Mozart, if you can ever get your hands on uh, some of that material. I'll be playing a lot of it if, you, uh, if you're if you so inclined to stay tuned to, to forthcoming broadcasts of uh, Near Perfect Pitch. Anyway, that is felt, uh, and I'd mentioned that we're going to be playing uh, an interview with uh, with Howard Gale, uh, talking about football. So if you're, you're into music and, and, and you're not, not into football, well then shame on you. This show is designed to uh, play some uh, some tunes that I know uh, are uh, not as played as often as they should be. Uh, I hope to be able to showcase some new material for you, to be able to uh, re either rediscover or discover verbatim uh, new new artists and uh, and uh, become a little bit uh, sort of well versed in in indie guitar, jingly jangly pop, amongst several other genres which I believe I have a handle on. I'm not a jazz aficionado. I'm not a uh, a blues a blues nerd. You're going to hear indie guitar pop. You're going to hear alternative music. You're going to hear lad music. You're going to hear the best of British, American, or wherever on God's green earth. I think it's viable. If it's a good tune, I'm going to play it. Of course, it's going to ostensibly be English because that is my uh, ballywick, as they say. But um, you're going to hear things like the chills. You're going to hear things like uh, died pretty. Uh, from from places as far afield as New Zealand, Australia. Goodness knows, we might even play some some Canadian stuff. Who knows? Anyway, Howard Gale and I had a nice little chat about football. This was very Liverpool centric. So uh, again, I urge you to listen if you are not so inclined in terms of being a, a, a football fan. You can always skip over it because this is a podcast. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right. Well, it's good afternoon here. Yeah. Yeah, I barely had time to put the kettle on. How are things? All right, yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's cloudy and overcast here. We've got some nice weather here the last couple of days, but it seems it's gone now. That's that's typical for this time of year. We're actually scheduled to have snow here on Thursday, which is is which is absolutely mind blowing for for this time of year. But all that aside, the match, the weather looked nice yesterday. People out in their sunglasses, yet they had their uh, had their parkers on at the same time, nice and bright. Sunny, but it was still quite chilly. But uh, didn't really do much for the football on the pitch, did it? Should we start with that yesterday? Should we start about how um, a certain team lost lost a two goal lead? What are your thoughts on on how that capitulation happened? Apart from uh, our goalkeeper not being able to catch a cold. Well, there's been question marks over the goalkeeper in a long time, even before Jurgen Klopp was installed as manager, and. Um, Sometimes you think that he's turned the corner with like brilliant saves that he made. And I think he, what one of his strengths are he's a good shot stopper. He is. But I think decision making when the ball comes into the box, that's where he, he kind of like flounders. And that first goal that um, CC scored yesterday, I've seen that so many times before where he's come for balls and mistrips them. And it, it's cost us. And. Um, we were through the up and we were and we were we were cruising. But again, what we what we tend to do is we tend to take our foot off the gas because I suppose that two nil up, one or two of the players must have started thinking towards Thursday's game of Villarreal and 
conserving energy and don't want to go them in and really going to need that third goal to to get the game won. And um, he lost he lost momentum. And again, this is something which is sort of like the start up with that group, with that team. It's that they sometimes tend to think that the better than what they are. I couldn't agree more. We we had the game won and it was uh, it was there for the taking and um Minulo really does worry me. What worries me further is that, that he signed a five year contract. The only thing I can be thinking Sorry? What's that? Howard? I think I've lost Howard. No, you're back. Oh, you're back. I'm back. I was just saying he signed a five year contract and the only thing I can think of is that he was thinking of nailing down a good number two to a contract when he went out shopping uh, later on this month, hopefully in the, in, uh, in the market, comes back with the Ter Stegen or equivalent as a number one and Minile would be a suitable number two. But we seem to have a decent number two and a young chap that's come back from loan uh, from Aberdeen. Yeah, Danny Ward. Yeah, he's played, played very well the night. Yeah, he did. And um, I, I couldn't understand him. A lot of the fans found it really strange with, with some of the decisions that the, the club's been making. And giving him a five-year contract, I would have maybe given him a... a, a fact, I wouldn't have given him a contract. Because um, I can't see him wanting to sit on the bench in... Uh, being a number two, he's already uh, course-wise at, at Chelsea. So if he was number two at Liverpool, he would most probably lose his, his international place as a number two. Um, but I, I just think that he's got too many flaws in, in, his, in his game that's contributed to a lot of uneasy moments that Liverpool have had over the the past couple of years with him in goal. And I remember his first game against Stoke, he saved the penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, a triumphant, triumphant debut, but my yeah. heart my heart goes in my mouth every time that ball, yeah. that ball's whipped across into the box, especially if it's anywhere near the outside of the six-yard box. Yeah. And, yeah. and to be fair, again, we missed Sacco yesterday. Um, Torre, again, as I say, he looks like a... Uh, a cat calls up in headlights every time he gets on the ball. He's not comfortable on the ball, and you can see that. He's not comfortable defending because, again, I don't. His game was based on his pace, and I don't think he's got that belief in it uh, anymore that he's got that pace. But he's another one again, as I say, we've given another 12 months to him. He could have been largely part of the cause why we didn't win a title. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we've got Corker sitting on the bench doing nothing. Or he's actually not even making the bench, is he? That's, a, that's another thing altogether. There's been some very, very odd decisions. But uh, yeah. when, when it comes to Mignolo, that really does puzzle me. A five-year contract uh, is, is an obligation, and uh, it makes me makes me makes me ponder still some of the transfer activity and uh, who actually has say in the whole matter. Um, when it comes to yesterday, we missed Sacco. Have you heard anything more on the uh, uh, on the on the on the doping uh, issue with regards to Mamadou? Well, the, the club have put out a statement saying I've, I've just been reading it actually, and they're saying that uh, they've been contacted by UEFA in relation to a failed doping test with Sacco, 
and the club have resigned themselves that they're not going to use him um, but he's not going to be part of the playing staff until the matter is resolved so um, again as I say you find it very hard to believe that UEFA would release the details of a failed doping test if there was any sort of um, if there was any sort of way that it was maybe a mistake or it's it's maybe and the fact is is that the onus is on on the players or the clubs to make sure that they don't take any, any substances that are banned. And again if you if you if you're not sure about it, the the theology is just don't take it. And obviously he has and he broke the rules so again as I say I just hope that they don't um, punish the club for it. Well, back back in your day, how 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 different was it back then with regards to uh, random random testing testing per se, uh, anything that that uh, resembles what happens in the modern game? Yeah, well, most probably again the the, the drug testing only really took place at, uh, with the European games. They weren't so um, they weren't so as uh, as random as what they were within the. Uh, what was the the old football league of the division one? Um, but sometimes again, what they did is they they turned up and I remember I got I, I got one at, at Birmingham, and it's a strange thing because footballers are, are dehydrated after after games, especially when you've been playing like on a sunny day. Yeah. The last thing that you're gonna be what's doing come off the pitch is have a pee. But when they get those drug tests, uh, people come in. That's the first thing they want. They want a sample of your weight. And it can be hours afterwards because then they've got you drinking beer and all sorts again to get you into that mood to have a wee. And you can't leave the ground. I mean, as I say, it's the, once they've got you, I mean, as I say, they, they keep hold of you and watch you um, until you've, you've given them that sample. Is this... But, um, yeah, so is, is this in the same league, Howard, as as the as the Rio Ferdinand uh, debacle some years ago? Is it as yeah. serious? Yeah, yeah, and um, there was rumours going round about certain players who were who were going to raves and stuff like that, and um, as I said, the, the drug scene had turned up a bit. Man United's training ground and he's left the ground and then said he gave the excuse that his phone wasn't working or his battery had gone something like that. Yeah. Somebody had sort of had uh, the rumour that he was at a rave somewhere and on top of a cliff or whatever, <coughs> pardon me, with his shirt off and cracky. And I'm dancing for again as I say whether he was just partying or whatever or whether the the authorities got wind of it, but um, he went home and he, he failed to take the drug test. <coughs> and again, as I say, they banned him, and uh, the club took the ban. He took the ban, but he was uh, he was never really exonerated. No, because, because of the, the maybe there was always that cloud over it. But again, as I say, he got to play for England again afterwards after the ban was up and. Um, it's a real blot on your copybook, that's for sure. It really, really yeah. is. Yeah, it is. And uh, I, I, I think, though, if it's 
Stepan substance as in you're taking something that enhances your performance or it's a um, a social drug um, like again cocaine or cannabis or ecstasy or whatever then there has to be again certain news but I think when I'm a footballer I'll, I'll really pick up when it comes down to illnesses, again, you catch anything and everything, but you can't even take uh, medication for it without scrutinising what's in that medication mm-hmm. and see whether it's on, on, on a banned list. And I can't see anybody, again, trying to gain favour or any sort of advantage to taking like a, a cold um, remedy or a medicine, a cough medicine or something like that. I'm sure, again, it'd be blood tested in and you'd see that you've got more than the, the normal amounts of cough medicine or whatever in your blood. Then maybe then you'd have a look at what was in it to see if it was enhancing your performance. Um, well, there is that, and that happens in, in, in numerous sports. Athletics probably being the uh, the primary the primary spotlight. And uh, I, I do understand that there are people who cheat but having yeah. said that, there are just everyday over-the-counter medicines that uh, are there for the common cold that fall in the same brackets. So the story, the story goes on, and over the course of time, it's going to have to become more and more uh, fine-tuned because Liverpool Football Club stand to lose Sacco for for six months. Already lost Emre Chan. We've got Origi who might not kick a ball again this season, and we've got. Uh, some massive games coming up in the next uh, next couple of weeks alone. So uh, losing losing Sacco, especially as you said, with uh, Skirtle not really being top of Klopp's mind for whatever reason, and Colo Torre looking like he he's uh, he's not fit for purpose. It's a bit of a worry. It really is. But uh, well, I think that what's of him again in the in the case of Skirtle, Skirtle didn't do himself any justice again. He, came on Southampton when it was 2-0. Oh, he lost us the game. Yeah, he looked all over the place. And I think, again, there's been, there's been kind of like question marks over his defending for the last four or five years. But because we've never really had a replacement or we've never really had um, uh, a worthwhile defender, again, it's a, it's, a, it's a position that we struggled at. And I think that he was... Largely, apart from what happened at Crystal Palace a couple of years ago, he gets caught out of position. He, he, he's got this thing again where he's always fouling people and holding them back. And I just think that again, I, I look at people and see how they've developed and how they've enhanced the performance of the team. And we've, we've leaked goals, we've leaked goals from set place from all over the place. And somebody has to ask the question, well, if you look at the two central defenders, you have to ask the question, it's about them. It's kind of... That clock and sussed it out. Well, it's ironic now that after after being uh, probably the, the last choice in many fans' minds, Lovren's uh, the first choice central defender that we yeah. have now. Uh, do you think we sold Aga too soon? I know it's going back, uh, it's going back a while, but I think we could have got a got a tune yeah, out of Aga yeah, for another season. No. Again, again, I think with with again go back to the um, the, the transfer policy. I think that we've 
we've ever had. Us. But we've got into buying the wrong players. Of Liverpool expected to be able to grow defenders, in particular, they're expected to be comfortable on the ball and to be able to come out with the ball and accept the ball. That's not part of Skirtle's game. Um, Skirtle's just an out and out defender, but you give him the ball and at his feet, he's, that, he's not comfortable at it. So he's not comfortable at it. Um, Lovren is now starting to prove that, that he is and he's settled down. Um, even Sacco, to be too certain, so though, though yeah. he looks ungainly at times, he's, he's quite competent on the ball. So was Danny, though, would he? Pardon? So was Danny. Danny Agger was good on the yeah, ball. Yeah, well, again, again yeah. Daniel Agger again was a Liverpool player. Again, yeah. He was comfortable on the ball, but there's question marks over his, his fitness. Yeah. With being his absence during the team was disrupting the team. The fact that he was coming back, going back in the team, getting injured, coming back out. And that was disrupting the team in itself because, again, that is one unit that you need to be stable. So, um, yeah, he was, and I was disappointed to be fair when Rogers sold, sold him. But um, he's gone now, and and we have to look forward to the acquisition of uh, Matip from um, yeah from Schalke. Yeah, uh, again, he's a good player, and you're just hoping that he can transform that form into the Premier League. So it is a different league from the Bundesliga and anywhere else. It's it's a lot faster. It's a lot more physical, and I think there are there are more there are more good good teams within the Premier League that can beat you on any day than what there is in the in the Bundesliga. Oh. The Bundesliga is largely dominated by Munich, Dortmund, and um, what's his name? Um, not Schalke. All the Schalke, Wolfsburg, Schalke, yeah. Wolfsburg. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's kind of like a an opportunity for him to come here and, and, and establish himself. And I'm sure, again, as I say, Klopp's obviously watched them over the years and watched them from a point that he knows that, he, although he wasn't one of his players, he's obviously seen the, the signs of a good player from another club, which is something that would fit into how he's going to build this team at Liverpool. Well, he's got a pretty good track record of being able to uh, notice talent that could fit into his system uh, yeah. in, in terms of um, central defence, we'll, we'll get off uh, Liverpool because we could talk all day about Liverpool. But uh, just just with regards to the central defence, do you think there are any available players who are currently kicking a ball in the Premier League that we should be looking at for? Uh, well, we, we need two central defenders essentially is what we need. So uh, we've got we've got Matip coming in. So do you think there's anyone that's viable uh, that, that's currently playing in the league? Um. I think that it's a position where there are aren't really any outstanding candidates again for for central defenders with it with that are within the Premier League now. And there's uh, again we talk about the English based ones, there's Stones at Everton um, Looking a bit shaky of late though, isn't he? Unfortunately. But, Looking a little bit shaky, but uh, He's a young lad. Yeah, he's a young lad, but again, he's, he, he, he looks like, again, he's somebody who, who 
wants to get on the ball, was comfortable on the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Comes out, come, comes out with the ball, and yeah, he's he's making, um, he's made some some errors over the the past couple of months. But I think again, to be played in a team that played from the back and you had midfielders in front of you, you were receptive to the ball. That's it. Yeah, I'd give them more options. Then I think again, as I say, that he would, he would. Fit into most of the top sides, whereas he's playing at Everton, and and again, as I say, I don't think the midfielders McCarthy and um, Gareth Barry are players who would actually be comfortable in looking for the ball off defenders. He's having to come out with the ball and run past them. Yeah, and that's where he really, really then has to make decisions on whether I carry on running or whether I, I pass the ball. And whether do I go back? That's it. Yeah, he's being exposed by by obviously having little to no option to yeah. to, 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 to 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 dish out the ball. So yeah, so there is John Stones, of course. I mean that's that's highly unlikely, and he's going to cost the King's ransom. Chelsea probably come back in for him. I understand Conte is still interested in him. I know United are interested in him, but um, no one really stands out to me who I think would uh, a be Liverpool material, be what we need. And, and see yeah, well, a, a couple of years ago again a friend of mine who's a who's an agent asked me to present um Kurt Zuma to the club. Yeah. Um we could have had him for eleven million. His dad's his agent and his dad wants him to come to Liverpool, come somewhere where he was going to develop in a in a football and see but also said he was gonna play. And um, Liverpool said that the, he wasn't a priority um, as a defender, but obviously again he was. Yeah. And, and Jose Mourinho rang up his dad and spoke to him personally, paid fifteen million, and he's now a Chelsea player. But again, we could have had. Like so many, many, many others, eh? Yeah. Yeah, we certainly could have used him. And back to uh, sort of the generic aspect of football, away from uh, LFC for a little bit. Um, got any predictions for the games today? Because there are some rather uh, interesting ones. There's the uh, Sunderland Arsenal game about to kick off, uh, and of course Leicester without Vardy against Swansea, and then we got Spurs, who have a must-win game on uh, on uh, Monday. So there's three games there. Are you willing to stick your neck on the line, Howard, for for these ones? Well, uh, I would, I would hope that Sunderland um, will overcome Arsenal. Um, it's again, it's one of my old clubs, and again, I have a, I have a soft spot for them. Yeah. And the former home has not been too bad. Um, and you again, I think you've got serial um, escape artists again as a manager in Sam Allardyce, who it's not going to be an open game, an end-to-end game. Obviously, again, they're going to compact themselves around their own box and try and hit Arsenal on the break. Um, they've got a goal scorer in before, and he seems to be forming a, a partnership with, with Perrine. But yeah. Arsenal, again, I think are, are a formidable force away from home. Um, you would say that maybe they, they were most, most probably one of the best teams after Manchester City on a counter-attack. And uh, it's, how, it's how they travel, it's how they are, because again, we, 
He can't win the league now. Um, whether or not again with the secure, securing themselves in within the top four, so it's going to be an interesting game, and I, and I would suspect that that game would would be a, would be a draw. Yeah, I got uh, I got one one on my token that predicted yeah. it. Yeah, and um, the Leicester, Leicester swap yeah, game again is so this is going to be the question mark that people are going to ask is can Leicester adapt and survive without your top your top goal scorer and and what he what he gives you is he uh, with Jamie Vardy. He gives you the the option to go in behind defences and he stretches defences, which gives space um, in the in the middle of the park for Mares. Yeah. But now again they've got they've got to replace him with Ujoa, uh, who's not that type of player. Again, he's good at holding the ball up and bringing other players in, but it, it's going to be a big question asked of how. Leicester are going to miss the pace of Vardy and the work rate of Vardy going in behind, behind defenders. It's perpetually on every defender's mind now that the ball can and will go over the top and at some point you're going to have to be chasing in. Yeah. And, uh, and, and to be fair again, as I say, he's, he's, he is quick and he's aggressive and he's uh, he's got 21 goals this season and from that is a, an amazing return from a club who were expected to be relegated or to be involved in a, a relegation battle. But uh, from, from Swansea's point of view, again, as I say, uh, Leicester will be hoping that they're on the beach because, again, I think, I think they're safe now. Um, yeah, they've nothing to play for other than cash in terms of yeah, league position. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, so if that, that can actually affect again, backs now and think, well, we can be more expansive in our play and be more open. Or again, as I say, yeah, you can be relaxed and you go all goal down, two goals down, and and the game's over because you haven't got that worry of does not think on the game really for them. Yeah. But um, I hope again, as I say, Leicester win it. Um, Leicester will win the league because it will book this trend about you need millions of pounds against to, to be successful when they've not they've got. Uh, a good team unit, a good team spirit, and a way of playing, which is which is elevated into the top of one of the best leagues in Europe. And what it will do is again, it will maybe open the eyes of a lot of other clubs in Europe that the most important people in your club should be your, your scouting assistant. They they do a team together from from waifs and strays and for. I think Mahrez was, Mahrez was something like 800 grand or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was less than a million, which is which in these yeah. in these days is free. Yeah, and if you were talking about a, a transfer with him, people would have been talking Premier League, but now okay, you look at him and how technically good he is, is that you could be talking any of the top clubs around the world. Any, any of them. So, do you think, I think Leicester's going to win it by two goals. I'm not sure about what you think. Yeah, well, if... if, if I think the last three, three games, again, they've won games by, by the odd goal, um, apart from last last Sunday against West Ham. Yeah. But um, as I say, the, that penalty is, is, is kept in there. And it's it's how positive now that the, the goal for, for Swansea. 
I think that this game, if this game was at, at, um, was at Swansea, it would suit Leicester, Leicester better. Yeah, it would suit. Aren't you? Did them in the game, as I say, you'd hit them on the under. But uh, for, uh, I'm like you again, I think that over, I think it would be 2 0, 2 1. Yeah, and I think Okazaki has something to, to say, but that's uh, pure speculation. And then, of course, if Leicester do do the business, Tottenham have no other obligation other than to try and do the same. Um, yeah. And I don't think they will have any problem with West Brom on Monday, to be frank. No, well, again, as I say, I think that West Brom again, they're, they're the team that's um, have had a few problems behind the scenes, and I watched them. Uh, Last last week against Arsenal, and um, I thought I thought that they were poor in, in the decision making and in the approach, and and sometimes again I look at managers the likes of Tony Pulis again his job is again I, the, the likes of him and Sam Allardyce their firefighters their role is to keep your club in in, in the league and stop them from getting relegated, and he's achieved that. And now you're looking at the players and some of the, the mistakes that they make. And um, I think they're on a losing run of four or five games now. Yeah. So, again, as I say, I, I just can't see West Brom offering up anything in relation to a, a threat to Spurs. And Spurs are, are hot right now. They're most, probably the most important team in the Premier League. And they've got some good players that are starting to hit form and gelling together in there. Kay, Ali. Um, a player who, again, is yeah. I looked at a few years ago with Moussa Dembele. I thought he was excellent for form and would have been a good uh, addition to, to a Liverpool team. And um, We could have had him and, and Del Ali in, in, in the midfield right now if we'd played our cards right. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, as I say, that... <laughs> The question over the transfer policies of the club. I mean, the kids come to Liverpool, Delhi Alley, being shown on as Melwood, and his idol, Stephen Gerrard. I think uh, somebody said that the, the, the first team were, were having a sleep because they had a game that evening, but nobody thought to get Gerrard up and introduce him to this Delhi Alley. And um, I'm sure again it was his former manager there, Paul Robinson, and um, MK Dons would have told them all about the club. Yeah. But again, as I say, we've we've made so many mistakes um, over the last ten years with with transfer policies, and really again the manager's got to be at the the head of it, and he's got to have control of it rather than business. But I would just, I would expect. Um, Space to spank West Brom today. Yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got my money on that as being uh, to at least two or three goals. So, so that just leaves three games left with a five-point gap. So, it is certainly worth, uh, worth, worth a flutter every now and again because this, this, this league is, well, we blue in the face. Uh, the Leicester story is wonderful. I think all neutrals want them to, to, to get it done, unless of course you've got any, any. Spurs affiliation whatsoever. Arsenal are there or thereabouts. We seem to have blown it yesterday by dropping two points with any semblance of a chance that we had of making uh, uh, the top four with regards to uh, 
uh, league league performance and getting into the Champions League that way, which leaves the other the other and only route available to us, which is which is forthcoming very very quickly. Um, who do you think is going to start up front for Liverpool Football Club this week in in um, Europe? Well, they've only got one option really in, in Daniel Sturridge. In the first half yesterday, again, he, he looked sharp. Um, he did look very good yesterday. Yeah, but again, as I say, there is no backup because everybody else is injured. Uh, Mins is injured. It was rumoured this morning that he may feature sometime before the end of the season. Yeah, I hope for his sake that, that, that he can. That'd be great for his confidence if he could come back. And Benteke, how long has his, his, his knocks been rumoured to be another week to three weeks, depending on what you read? Yeah, well, again, as I say, I don't know whether there's a bit of brinkmanship going on between yeah. and the manager of the game. The clock was got over to him after that Southampton game and he's telling them again, you're in, you're a striker, you should, you should be finishing. And um, he's done it publicly and, as I say, the media and never has made so much out of it. So whether, again, as I say, he's resigned himself that his career is over at Liverpool. I hope he doesn't again because uh, I think he's a good player and I think if we got balls in from the right angles or from the right place again he'd be effective. But uh, whether again as I say Klopp sees him as, as the future and parts of his plans we'll see in the summer. We just talked this morning about again West Ham where monitoring him. But um, Possibly again, Ben Teki's come out and saying that he likes the life in, in Liverpool, and, and uh, he knows he understands he understands that his form hasn't been that good this season and that he struggled, but um, he didn't have any plans to be leaving the club. Well, I don't but, think uh, that's yeah, it's not going to be his choice, though, is it really? But uh, I just well, well, at the end of the day, it will be his choice because if if, if he says I don't want to go, then he mean I don't want to go. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I expect them to be several suitors that have already made themselves clear, which we already know West Ham are interested. Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure Klopp's got his eye on spending the money from the resale if he can get it done. But uh, many twists and tails, it's not as easy to get rid of players as it is to buy them, as you, as, yeah. as, as you know more than most. Um, so we've got, uh, we've got a pretty decent uh, week to look forward to. Um, Thank you for your time because I know that you're a, you're a busy chap. Would you like just to touch upon uh, some of the five times uh, activity so that we can share that with the people listening? Yeah, well, um, on Friday night again we had a, a, a European Legends night in, in Liverpool where um, fans joined us in one of the, the hotels in the town to uh, to celebrate. It was actually. 35 years to the day on Friday that um, I played in that game against uh, Bayern Munich. 35? My word. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Yeah, so um, it was a, a really, a really good night. And, uh, the, the charity itself, again, five times, tries to raise funds for, um, for, for different charities and for organisations of people who are obviously getting disadvantaged and need that support. So we do a lot of work again uh, in, in relation to that. We play a lot of games around uh, the world in relation to raising funds and that for, for different organisations and different charities. But also, again, what it does do is it gives us a chance to, for us to get together. Um, we have players 
interest from different areas and um, different genres and uh, it's nice to, to get together and catch up and share stories and little bits of banter. Um, on Friday again I was with uh, all of my old colleagues, Alan Kennedy and Phil Neal, Ian Callahan and Terry McDermott um, and it was hosted by, by Nicky Tanner. So it, it gives us the, the, that old boy feeling where we can get together and maybe have a or share a few pints and, and mull over the, the, the past and the future. But we've always, always got one eye on the future. And um, we're all wishing and praying that Liverpool can get back to its former status of, of being um, a, a, a major force within, within world football. We've made the right strides in recent history, i.e. since uh, a certain German's appointment. But... Uh, the rest remains to be seen. But with regards to five times, the work that you do is fantastic, and the involvement of the uh, the past players is uh, is second to none in, in in the world of football. We're hoping to get you over here. We'll, so we're uh, still working on that one in the background for you. Um, in the meantime, we'll uh, you'll be taking in the games today, will you? Or you've got to other other things on the social calendar? Well, as I say, there's a there's a, a ladies' game on. Um from uh, some of the, the girls who are the families from Hillsborough at yeah. 2 o'clock. I want to go over there for an hour. And I said to them again, they came to our events on Friday, so I said that I'd go and support them and see how they are for an hour on uh, this afternoon. And yeah. then get back and I'll watch uh, one of the games later on. Super, super. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, I will be in touch uh, in other ways at some point this week, but... Um, Thanks for your tips. We'll make sure that that gets onto the show and um, all the best. Have fun today and I will talk to you uh, in, in the near future. Thanks so much, Howard. My pleasure. All the very best. Nice one, mate. Cheers. What you wanna do? What's best? You're silent a long time.
Whisking you all the way back to 1994 on Beggar's Banquet. That is uh, the Blue Aeroplanes, Broken and Mended, uh, from the Broken and Mended EP. Um, coming up next, uh, an interview with Pat Fish, who is uh, essentially the jazz butcher, amidst all of his uh, colleagues and chums who have uh, assisted him over the years with uh, with the music uh, that he uh, so deftly writes. Um, so Pat is going to be talking for the next little while. Uh, very, very interesting chap and always uh, love listening to whatever Pat has to say. He's also a, uh, a keen Tottenham Hotspur fan and he'll be uh, uh, giving us his two penneth on, on uh, some football uh, well, topics, banter, you name it, but uh, some Spurs-centric stuff there too, so it's not going to be all uh, Liverpool. Uh, I don't want the fingers being pointed at me for being um, overly partisan. Uh, so, of course, if you do think there's uh, there's room for a feature that uh, is football-centric or uh, football-themed, or there's someone you think I should be talking to, well, uh, give me... Uh, uh, well, drop me a line at... Uh, nearperfectpitch at gmail.com you can also follow us on uh, Twitter us being uh, an absolute fallacy that means me that is at uh, near Perth pitch that is on uh, Twitter and uh, near perfect pitch is a uh, Facebook page which I've constructed in about uh, two minutes flat so it's not overly elaborate but it is a place to communicate this is the first show uh, of uh, what I hope to be many in a reincarnated uh, sorry, format uh, of uh, the old radio show here which was radio radio, live radio and at, uh, towards the end of my tenure at uh, two pints of lager and a packet of crisps we were broadcasting on the internet so it did have uh, uh, quite a few global listeners from, from really far flung places and I'm hoping that the podcast can be shared uh, by you with uh, with those you think who would enjoy it because it costs you zero dollars and zero cents zero pounds zero pence and zero euros so there you have it uh, so that was the blue airplane so just want to get into a little bit of a segue um there have been several band members floating uh, in between and sessioning uh, between the likes of the blue airplanes jazz butcher uh, the wooden tops roland mcginty 
And uh, you have to really dig, dig deep because you really have to uh, read an awful lot to keep track of who's played on what uh, and in what capacity. So anyway, here's Pat talking about this, that and the other. And those of you that are Jazz Butcher fans um, will be delighted to hear of some uh, new material that is uh, forthcoming. Hello, Pat. I'm very well. How are things uh, out your way? Um, yeah, I'm just sitting here with a guitar in my lap. As you do. As you do. <laughs> You're not uh, fixated to the television at all for the for the game, or, or does it uh, hold no interest for you? Which game are we talking about? We're talking about, I believe, Arsenal are playing currently, so it's like um, uh, a very bitter, uh, yeah, yeah it's a bitter proposal. But uh, sometimes you watch it perversely, just because, don't you? In the hopes that they, in the hopes that they lose. We'll get into that more later, I'm sure. Yeah, last I looked, I, I did see a passing score somewhere in the first half. They were one up against the Palace. But, yeah, I know those Crystal Palace boys. You never know. That Yannick Barassi can come bombing at you. And so can that, uh, that, that punching chap who seems to have a bit about him as well, doesn't he? He's got, he's got a way of picking up goals. He's a bit of a punchy one, isn't he? Yeah, I think they'd have another nine points had he stayed fit. But that's, that's always up for debate. But I, I suppose that... that um, when we talk about uh, Arsenal, we're going to have to we're going to have to take that immediate uh, lateral move to, to talk about uh, your team. But I was going to kick things off actually, if you don't mind, with uh, with you and what you've been doing lately, and also the, some trials and tribulations and some upheaval at the at the JBC camp. There's been some sad yeah. news. There's been some retirements. So you you must have. Um, if you were studying for some new profession, you'd probably be in change management lately because you've been going through an awful lot of that of late, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, you can't have a pop group on and off for 30 years without coming to terms with a bit of the old change management. There was a period around about the turn of the 80s and the 90s where uh, we just turned into a sort of international marriage agency. <laughs> Seriously, we were, we were just leaving sound men in various American cities and just, uh, you know, they were just settling down with lovely women. Got to give them credit, both those sound men are still married to those same women. Well, you've got to, well, credit where credit's due, but so there's, no, yeah. there's no finder's fee for JBC and yourself, I would assume. Sadly, we don't, most of the stuff we do on the road, we don't actually get paid for. Um, you know, the, the restaurant critic thing, we've never been out of that. That's that a shame. From, uh, that fellow from France, Ferdinand, what's his name, Capranos. Yes. He, he had a column. He, he, got, he got on the train and he, he persuaded someone at a newspaper to give him a, a, a restaurant critic column while he was on tour. So he could sit there reviewing all his free dinners. Lovely. That's uh, a, la, a la Steve Coogan, isn't it? Uh, just prancing food you've got no idea about and getting paid good money to do so. So, no, I think yeah. they, they stole your thunder, uh, Franz Ferdinand did. I think that, that was something that yeah. you, you should have carved out that niche. So you've got to find something else. You've got to find another unique value proposition for your, uh, for your cultural and creative talents. So, um, so, so food's out. Uh, we're not we're not we're not going to talk about any music reviews because that would be uh, too nepotistic, I think. But if we keep, I never hear any music. <laughs> you want to hear your I own music? I live in the seventies when it comes to music. Are you are you uh, are you firmly firmly got your backside lodged in the seventies, or, or are you going back and revisiting stuff? Are you rediscovering? Or are you discovering new stuff from the seventies? What, what what do you listen to? Um. Well, the sort of old reliables. I always listen to Can. I always listen to the Velvets. Yeah, staples. Um, as you, you, you call them staples, I would suppose. I suppose you probably would, to be honest. Yeah, 
Um, Bob Dylan, I love. Bob He's... Marley, I like. <laughs> That's been a bit of a kind of revisionist one because uh, when he first, I don't know, do you remember Bob Marley did a concert at the like the two concerts I think at the Lyceum in the summer of '75, and they turned it into a live album. That's right. Yep, that was that's the one with the yep. single version of No Woman No Cry comes from. That's right. Yeah, and I was like 17 at the time, and I adored that. I just thought that was the best record I'd ever heard. And then suddenly it was Bob Marley and the Wailers, and it all went a bit pop star. And it was a bit like Blondie, you know, they were just everywhere, and I got fed up with them. I think the same can be said for just about every band that I've uh, I've, I've wanted to uh, to maintain an interest in. You've got to sometimes mm. take a distance with... Uh, with uh, with learning too much about the people that you listen to, I, I, I much prefer the old days where, e even even the old enemy days where they dig and, and they'd, they'd find the odd little thing. But uh, the cult of personality now with music and uh, the footballers and, uh, and pop stars, uh, I, I, I wish I wish I could employ selective amnesia or unhear or unsee things so I can just okay that person might be a complete reprobate but they have a talent. I'm only interested in their talent, not what they get up to in their extracurricular. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I sort of admire some of the, uh, I admire some of some of the talent for their uh, extracurriculars. You know, I mean, you can't really not hold Keith Richards' coat and cheer him on. <laughs> well, 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 yes, you're really coming up with some stunning exceptions to the rule here. Um, so, so back back to your Velvet Undergrounds and Can and Bob Marley, Bob 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 Dylan. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, in terms, I, I came back to Bob Marley. You know, and he used to be a punchline, you know, it's like, hey, white, you know, it's like white people, when you come around their house, we don't put on Cliff Richard every time, you know. <laughs> and he was, turning, he was turning into a bloody punchline, and then I just started listening to the records again, and some of them, are, it's just so unfair to class him like that. The man's he's a prophet. That's ridiculous. I mean, I think, you're right, every, every suburban home has a copy of Legend somewhere in, in the hopes that it can uh, it can help them with, the, with their cool factor. But uh, it's, it's ironic, actually. the wheels of social life in a country avenue, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, it's ironic, actually. I just did a little meme this morning for uh, George Sefton, who's the uh, the announcer, the voice of Anfield. He's been doing that for 30 okay. years plus. And, and on the night of that uh, wonderful victory... Uh, uh, on Thursday, he after the match played uh, Three Little Birds, and the the crowd picked up on it and they they sung it heartily, both the Germans and and, and uh, the Liverpool fans. And today they were singing it away at Bournemouth, so it seems to have become something that can contend with our lot anyway. Singing. Uh, Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire away games. It may well be Three Little Birds, but this this Bob Marley thing's just purely happened by coincidence and happenstance. But anyway, that that's a true story. As his Facebook profile picture, truth be told. So, so what about what about old lots? Because I've 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 recently been been digging deeper and deeper into into the Kinks back catalogue, and not so much their studio stuff, but. Finding some nifty little bootlegs and uh, and some some sessions. Were they ever a band that appealed to you? I loved them when I was a kid. Yeah. 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 I have got very very vivid memories, sort of peak experience memories of being sat on the lawn one Sunday afternoon on my own with yeah. a little transistor radio, and they were playing um, "Lazing on a Sunday Afternoon." Can't well, you can't whack that, can you? Really? Yeah, and I I'm, I'm there now. I, I, you know, it's such a strong memory. And yeah, I used, to, I used to love the Kinks. Um, and I kind of lost it with them around about the turn of the 70s when they started getting hairy. 
<laughs> they started, well, they ceased grooming. Yeah, and it was, it was a little bit of a case of like, um, you know, you, you look at most of those hairy groups and they make this sort of grinding machine noise and, you know, it just gets really dreadful by about 1973. So I kind of just assumed they'd gone that way, and of course they weren't. They were making records like Village Green, which I love now. Yeah, yeah, but uh, image does tend to uh, to uh, accelerate an opinion. So yeah, well, at least you can go back and, and revisit it. So I, yeah. I, I'm just I'm I'm going through a phase right now, much like yourself, when uh, I've been going through older material because I must admit that uh, despite still being a, a terminal audio audio file, I, I'm finding less and less that I really really uh, invest in. Uh, that's coming out currently, and uh, I'm mm. reveling in uh, in uh, old Brian Ferry, old old uh, old Kinks, old. Uh, I even even got a, a Grace Jones box set, and 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 realised, hang on a minute, she actually was quite good. <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to get you on the subject of, of of Grace. But you, as I was alluding to before, you at Camp JBC, you've been very busy, and um, could you tell us a bit about Max? Because Max is no longer. Um, touring in any capacities is that still the case? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's done with life. He's um, had a yeah. had a bellyful, has he? Yeah, he's um, he lives such a quiet life since he's moved out of London. He's he's right in the middle of nowhere on the coast, and everyone asks him, "Why on earth did you move there?" And uh, the best he can come up with is like, "Oh, it's really um, it's good for bird watching." <laughs> He's an ornithologist now, is he? He does. He, do, he does like a bit of bird watching, quite seriously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was. He, he's up there, and um, he lives a really sedate, quiet life. And he's up with the lark, and he's in bed quite early. And oh my word! Suddenly, it's the summer of two thousand and fourteen. This would be suddenly. He's out, and I've just got this whole new accidental band with me. Yeah. And uh, they, you know, they're good guys. They like, they like to, they like to have a beer and a smoke. And um, he was, you know, suddenly plunged into a lifestyle where he's going to bed at like three or four o'clock every morning. And then he's got to get up. He's got to drive the car, and he's got to do all this gig stuff that he's not used to doing. And uh, it only took two gigs. We got, we got as far as London, and he just had the most horrible day. Oh dear. Which. <laughs> Yeah, we were aware of all this at the time. We were aware that he was in big trouble. <laughs> but you weren't expecting it quite so soon after two gigs. Um, no, he was—he was obviously in genuine physical distress, you know. Yeah. And um, I said to him later on, because you know, the next day he said, "Look, I really can do no more." And we we understood. <laughs> and uh, a little while later, someone sent me a recording of that last gig that he did with us down in Brixton, and. Uh, I said to him, you know, it's amazing because, like, considering the state you were in and all the things that happened to you that day, you turn in a really, really good performance on the old guitar. His <laughs> only response was to say, look, I was just trying not to die, okay? <laughs> <laughs> just distracting himself by playing brilliantly in the hopes that he wouldn't just expire on stage. Yeah, yeah, he has no recollection of doing anything except, like, trying not to die. <laughs> Crikey. Well, that might be so, the catalyst. Yeah, he, he had he had some sort of like some real scare. He got this uh, terrible story getting into his hotel, and like when he finally made it into his tiny little boxy overheated room, he had some kind of a heart murmur, and it completely freaked him out. 
Oh dear. I, I, I didn't know all the details. I just, uh, obviously I know the end result and didn't dig an awful lot deeper because I wanted to ask yeah. you about that, but he'll be yeah, missed. He just, he, just had a, he just had a horrible day and it took a physical toll on him and he just thought, I've really got to stop, you know, simple as. Well, he could become uh, the next uh, ornithological phenomenon on the on, online. Who knows? He's got enough time on his hands now. Well, best of luck. Tell you who is big in um, ornithology is Dave Callahan. Do you remember the Wolfhounds? I do indeed. Uh, Dave Callahan is now king of the Twitches. Is that right? He's got books out and all sorts. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm making feverish notes here, and I'm going to look. <laughs> I'm going to look into that because just for no other reason than it's oddity, I'm going to pursue that. And that's thank you for that. I've learned something. So we've got Callahan's an ornithologist, and and, and Max is now sedate on the coast. Uh, now, in terms of a, a real genuine loss. Uh, Steve, and if you, if you don't want to, to, to broach the subject of Steve, the much-loved Steve Garofalo, I completely understand. I, I, know, I, know, uh, I know how close you were to him. Um, it, it, uh, it, was a, it was a terrible, a, a terrible ordeal. And uh, is there anything that, that you'd like to add to, 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 to the obvious in terms of we are now, we're now living in a world without him? Yeah, we're very sad to see Steve go. There was no warning. Um, he was, he was a big Liverpool fan, and I can't help but notice that he had his fatal heart attack on the day of the League Cup final. Oh, bless, bless. <laughs> you know? um, Mysterious ways, Pat. Yeah, people, people always complaining about penalties, and there's, I suspect there might be good reason. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, I, I, just, I, I don't want to sort of trawl through, uh, through, through uh, some, some hard memories, I'm sure, but uh, I, I've got very, very fond memory, memories of him uh, in, in the limited times that I've uh, been able to engage and, and watch. And uh, I just hope to goodness that you are able to, to forge ahead because I think, uh, as you probably uh, can imagine, a lot of us are hoping for some new material. And are you still on track for the new LP this autumn? Um, I, there's not really any reason why we can't recommend this all. Um, at first, it was such a perfect thing with Steve and other Steve and Simon and me that it was one of those things that wasn't, we had no plans to do this. It just felt so right when we did do it that within 20 minutes we sort of knew that we were going to be a group and have a couple of years of good fun. But when Steve left us like that, I had a real feeling that that would be it, that oh. the centre would not hold, and that we'd had a fantastic couple of years with those, that particular lineup. But he was so so much the centre of it, so much the heart of it, mm. that I really thought we were probably kind of doomed. And I didn't really know what I was going to do with the rest of my life, to be honest with you. Um, Crikey. I, you know, I'm, I'm old, you know, I'm not really good for anything else. Um, so it was a very strange time, and then the very day before the funeral, Steve, the bass player, and Simon came round, and I thought that was going to be it. I thought that was going to be sort of like manly hugs, and well, that's beautiful, and now it's done. Yeah. And no, no. The Simon, the trumpet player, who's the last one to join, and the one that is like socially the most out on the limb, if you like, um, he's like, no, we're going to keep it going. I looked at Steve and he looked at me and right, right, we'll keep it going then. Um, but, you know, I can't tell you how quickly we're going to find the right man to fill Steve's shoes because uh, 
it's, it can't just be some bloke who can play the drums, you know. No, there's a, there is a, it's much like a, in, in a company, you've got a band culture and uh, you, you've, you've lost a, a vital organ, so that's not something that's going to be easily or readily done, but uh, I'm sure no. you, don't, you don't approach things like this uh, in terms of replacement. You just have to find a drummer that is not Steve that uh, can, can, not, can, can contribute in their own unique and organic way, but uh, that's a tough one for you because... I, I, I knew just from what I've read from 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 uh, your communiques and, uh, and and the media that I've uh, that I've read that it wasn't just musical. This is like this is uh, your a part of your collective soul. So that sure. that's, uh, that yeah. takes time to heal. Yeah, and bless you know because he because he died alone. There had to be a post mortem, and that took forever. And it was I guess almost a month between Steve's actually going and the funeral. That's that's an eternity to people close, that really, really is. Yeah, and, you know, when spring should have been coming, the weather was still filthy. And it was like we hadn't, Steve and I, Steve and you and I both felt, it, it was like we hadn't been permitted to leave February, it was still February. Yes, you know? yes. Yeah, um, been held and, yeah, we had, had the funeral, then we had a little farewell party over at the barber shop. Mm -hmm. And then finally, about a week after that, Steve's remains were interred. Right. My other big Liverpool supporting mate is an archaeologist, and he lives a few blocks away. And unlike me, he pays out for the Sky Television. So every time something's <laughs> on the Sky Television, he phones me up, and I go traipsing over to his house and drink his beer and watch his telly. Oh, lovely. That You might be on there for tomorrow, then, I would assume. I shall be up there tomorrow night, yeah. Lovely, lovely. So, um, bless him, yeah, he's a lovely, he's a lovely fella. And uh, the funny thing is that on my way to Blinkies, I always pass this church. And that's where they buried Steve. Oh. With his ashes, just by a little tree. So every time I go to watch football and every time I come back from football, I pass him. That's that's a wonderful thing. He's literally on your doorstep uh, without <laughs> sounding too crass. He literally is. So I, I don't want to perpetuate with the moribund because I, I think you know. Hopefully, the album can be uh, a tribute and a celebration of of Steve. And, and is, does it still have the tentative uh, uh, name uh, that that uh, that you put forth? The highest in the land. Yeah, we like it because it's got that Sherlock Holmes thing going on. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, of course, you know, there's there's a number of ways in which one could be the highest in the land. We had we had plans to deploy his um, European Cup actually in the in the cover art. The idea was we were going to mock up. Oh, wonderful! Mock up a scene with us and our mates where we're all sort of wearing old. 1907 type football jerseys that look like rugby jerseys, you know. Yeah, thick cotton. You know, flat caps, pipes, trophy, the highest in the land. That was phenomenal. And uh, as to what you're smoking is up for debate. Yeah, it's not really up for debate, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, let's be honest, it's not. But uh, I'm just just towing, towing a little bit of a line there. So, so I'm just being, I'm just being a purely selfish so and so here, Pat, in 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 the hopes that there's there's new material and that. Uh, I'll be able to get my hot little hands on it before Christmas, so we remain optimistic when it comes to that. But but also yeah. for those uh, fans who have, uh, aren't completists or have had terrible difficulty or haven't mortgaged off their home for some of your uh, past material, you, you've got a series of reissues forthcoming on fire. Um, this is right. 
So is that the whole shooting match, or is that the glass material? What are we talking about here? Um, they've, they've had the glass material for many, many years. Yeah. And occasionally they've done something with it, but not, not really. It's all been a bit half-hearted. Mm -hmm. um, the whole structure and management of fire has changed. It's, it's quite a different operation to what it was. And you can kind of tell that, because I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean, blatant now, isn't it? Yeah. 25 years ago, if you'd said to me, I had you know, go inside the fire, I would have just laughed and laughed and laughed. But it's a different company now, and they're a very good little team. And they came to me and they said, um, you know, we've got your glass stuff. What's the chances of getting the creation stuff? Well, I said, it's, effectively, it's mine. Because um, even right at the end, when even Primal Screen got forced to sign a contract, we never had one at creation. So you weren't, you weren't in any way, shape or form part of that Sony nonsense, Alan doesn't know anything, you own the whole lot? That's, um, that's pretty much it. The only yeah. thing where Sony are involved at all is they did the publishing on the very last album. Right. Album. But um, no, I mean, the, the records are mine to do what I will with, really. And so I said to him, look, yeah, give me, give me, give me a few grand. And, uh, you know, they're not making me any money. They're just sitting around. Frankly, my belief is that everybody who wants one has already got one. But go ahead. So, which came in very handy at the time. Good. an advance on, on the sales of it. Good. And, um, yeah, that kind, of, that kind of kept us going for a bit. And um, the idea is, I, I, I'm horrified by this, honestly. Um, it's, it's box sets. All right? It's not our box set. It's box sets. Plural. Plural. So, so me being uh, a completist, I'm going to have to put money aside in the in, in the hopes that there <laughs> in the hopes that there's a uh, an extra track per se or something. So, are, are you are you to, at liberty to know what they're going to do, or is, or is there more detail you can disclose? So, there's going to be a series of box sets, which yeah, as I, far I, as I know, there's going to be one of the glass material. Oh, okay. And then there's going to be one, or even possibly two. Like, I don't think they've quite got their heads around it yet of the creation era stuff because they've got that now as well so yeah there's a lot of records i know they want to be quite sort of lavish about it they've they've done some really good reissues for other acts they've done some stuff they have and the chills yeah oh, the chills especially you're absolutely right they did a great yeah. job of that stuff yeah 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 they're, they're really into it they do it nicely so uh you know i mean we'll just see what becomes of it really well, you're in good hands. I, I, I do, as you say, the, the aesthetic is very important. There's no point just lumping something out that looks like uh, some immediate duplicate of something from 20 years ago. So uh, the jury's out, but uh, I, I shall be, I shall be uh, purchasing because I'm sure that they'll do something extra special. So for, for all of you listening out there who haven't got your hands on it and don't want to part with 100 year, euros for... Uh, uh, some of Pat's stuff on Discogs or Gem or wherever you buy your records that are out of print. Be patient. Wait a little while and be able to buy the whole lot uh, in yeah. at least three box sets. Uh, well, certainly at least two. I mean, they were, you know, that's. It's a lot you can of get so many records in a box, I guess. That's right. <laughs> well, of course, before they, you know, they have to they hit, hit critical mass and have to open a new project. But there is a yeah. lot of material on on creation, especially if the singles are taken into consideration with uh, the B sides and uh, and what have you. So that's great news. I'm 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 very very happy as as, as a fan. And uh, in terms of music, 
we've covered an awful lot. I I, I know that uh, we're going to talk about football and touch upon it and touch upon your team. But uh, before we do that, uh, I know that uh, you have a, a degree uh, of, of respect and uh, affection for the cobblers who have been promoted. So. Um, Am I correct in saying that they haven't nailed down first, but they have been promoted? No, they are now champions. They are now champions. That's fantastic. Do you ever get down there? Very, very, very rarely. And yeah. it's entirely shameful. The last time I went down there, and you can tell how long ago this is, this is this whole city. Oh, crikey. Began, began their rise from the fourth division all the way to the top. Yeah. And... Um, on their way out of the fourth division, they stopped by at Sixfields to play the Cobblers. And I have a mate who is a mad whole city fan. And he got me a ticket. So I had to sit on a beautiful sunny afternoon. I had to sit with all the whole supporters at my hometown club. Oh, dear. <laughs> Sitting with all the whole supporters who were going absolutely balmy as whole hand of Northampton Town 5-1. Oh, blimey. I felt dirty. Oh, you must Yeah, you've had to go home and have... have... Have a really, really thorough bath after that one. Crikey, yes. Honestly, honestly, I mean, I like my mate, and I always look out for the Tigers on account of him, but this was not a happy experience. No, so the less said about that, the better, I think, to be frank. I think so, really, yeah. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about that, uh, that, that, that team in London who, aside from uh, uh, Ranieri's lot, <coughs> would have walked away with it this year. Eight, point, mm. eight points behind. Game in hand. How do you feel about tomorrow? Um, it's a funny thing. Um, I've got used to winning away at Stoke City. You know, can they do it on a wet Wednesday away at Stoke? I mean, what a Tottenham question. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's, that, 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 that's been dispelled of late, though, hasn't it? Because Stoke aren't the uh, yeah. quintessential Stoke in terms of, you know, knock, knock you sideways and kick, kick you off the park. So, no, but, they've, they've gone all a bit more, uh, bit more artistic. A bit more sophisticated, um, which is very odd. I still can't quite get used to watching Spurs, uh, sorry, uh, Stoke play and actually play some decent football. It's, it's quite disturbing. And you've still got Ryan Shawcross in there biting people. Well, yes, good, good. There's always the great leveller, isn't there? So that's Shawcross, yeah, good point. He is a leveller. Yeah, he'll level, yeah. Yeah, that's his gig. So, so you, anyway, you're confident, you're confident about tomorrow? I would confident. be. It's a funny thing. I mean, under, under Harry Redknapp, um, we used to go up there and routinely beat them. Yeah. Um, guaranteed six points that season, boys. But the funny thing I was reading the other day is that since Mauricio Pochettino took over, we have yet to beat Stoke City. <laughs> so that's a bit of a weird thing. Right? It is. That's I think it's just one of these blips, man. I'm pretty confident about tomorrow. Well, I, I can't. I can't see it going any other way. And. Uh... As a Spurs fan, you, you must be you, you must still be clinging to the mathematical hope because it's still viable. Leicester's games are um, they are quite tricky. Uh, so you've got four left after tomorrow. Are you uh, brazen enough to perhaps uh, stick your neck out and predict uh, the the subsequent uh, last four games of, of, of the season? We're a young team and we hope to improve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Click, cut, copy, paste. Yes, so so you you are you are at home to West Bromwich Albion the game after this one. Yes, that that should be that should be three I would expect. Then you've got yes. that horrible tr trek across uh, across the way to uh, uh, to Chelsea. 
strange sleepy stabby people down by the river, yeah. Yes, those lovely folk. <laughs> those, those organic, beautiful, worldly football fans down at Chelsea. So that's going to be your trickiest one because then you've got Southampton at home and Newcastle away who could well be dead and buried by then. Um, so... You've yeah, got, they can't even buy the same token they could be fighting for their lives. Absolutely. I've just done the maths on them. I think they could be down before you meet them, though. Um, yeah. they, they are a ragged, ragged bunch, and I, I don't think there's any manager who could have dragged them up by the short and curlies and, and saved them, Rafa or otherwise. So, sorry for Rafa, I really do. I, well, he's, he's not, not a charity. He's doing it, doing it for some good money, and he's got a nice caveat in his contract where he can just... Uh, decline working with them and for them if if they do go down. So, oh really? Yeah, he's on. He's on. A, he's got oh. a. Yeah, it's part of his contract. So if they do go down, Benitez will not be uh, will not be battling it out in the championship. So very very odd appointment in terms of its timing. But uh, all, all that mm. aside, let's get back to you, Pochettino. Uh-huh. Lots of rumblings up in the northwest um, with the, all the disdain being showered at Van Gaal by their so called supporters. Um, Mourinho's name is on everyone's uh, everyone's lips. However, in the underground, it's bubbling away uh, that uh, Mopo, as they like to call him, as I as I will never I never utter those words again. I can assure you. But he's been he's been touted as being the favourite of the board. Does that in any way strike you as being? Uh, my goodness me! I hope to goodness there's no there's no truth in this at all because. He's quite a commodity. Him and Coleman have really took took the league and they've actually done a very, very good job. Mm. And I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on uh, those those evil empire merchants up there uh, tapping up uh, Mauricio. Well, you know, they were going to sign Gareth Bale. They were going to sign um, Harry Kane every 20 minutes for the last two years. True um, enough. Mauricio's got projects. I, you know, was that, that word, isn't it? The project. But he's, he's, he started something at Tottenham and it's only really started to come good about a third of the way into this season. If they could play like that for a whole season, it'd be horrifying. It absolutely you know? would. And being being a fan of another team, I, 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 I like watching Tottenham play football and I watch them whenever I can. It's just a beautiful, uh, it's a beautiful system he employs. He has got a tune out of players that uh, previous management were having grave difficulty with. Yeah, almost... I thought we'd seen the last of Moussa Dembele a couple of years ago. Oh, crikey, like Lamella's of the world. I mean, he's, 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 he's obviously got a bit about him when it comes to man management. Obviously, tactically, we know we know his prowess. It's, uh, it's, it's well documented. I, I tend to agree with you. I, I, I think uh, um, uh, Pochettino is, uh, is very happy with the project that he has. He's got a better squad of players than Man United have. Uh, and, and it's not a poison chalice. Everyone at Spurs right now is together. You can feel it there, you know. Yeah, and there's been little mention of Levy, which is wonderful because if he's out of the headlines, it, it's, it seems to be going swimmingly well. <laughs> Even despite Daniel, yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, they, you know, they got their stadium underway now. They're, they're just going to move it. It's rather sweet way. They're just moving it a few yards up the street rather than yes. it some yes. ring somewhere, you know. But it's big, big times for Spurs. I mean, Spurs are in the transfer market, having Champions League football, will be able to. Uh, I hate, I hate all these cliches that you inevitably have to just regurgitate. Yeah. But they, yeah. they, they will be a uh, a club uh, of uh, well, an attractive club to, to 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 play for. So I think that they're going to uh, have a very interesting off season, even though it's a Euro year, and. Um, 
Man United, I think, are um, I think they're clutching at straws. I mean, that that media machine up there, the board's divided. So I think that uh, this so-called pillaging of, of of Kane and Mopo is is not going to. I lied, didn't I? I said Mopo again. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I think the pillaging is 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 not going to happen. And even if it was uh, attempted, it would be promptly uh, promptly thrown back in their faces. Because people, you, yeah. you, you're you're at a stage now where you can keep players. That must excite you. It's very pleasing, and to be honest, you know, with the, all the expense of the new stadium business, we're not going to have a lot of money to go shopping for the next few years for fancy players. And what everyone likes about Mauricio is that he's, you know, he's bringing these kids through. It's some of these days, you know, you look at the bench, and all these lads eighteen months ago would have been who? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not. It's not so long ago that most most people who follow the club wouldn't have known Harry Kane. You know. True enough. Uh, True enough. So I think if he's got if he's got this policy of bringing through the, the young talent and buy, also like he makes great buys. I mean, Toby Alderweireld. Very very good buy. How cheap was he? Best defender in the league this season mm-hmm. for my money. Well, you've got the best defence of the seasons uh, in in the in the uh, in the league. So it stands to reason that. <laughs> I know. And how on top of him is that? It's 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 on? the world is. Entered some kind of parallel universe or been sucked into some black hole vortex this season because you, you, you typically leak them like uh, like a sieve. But what a wonderful defence and you're very very hard team to break down. So that's um, it. I mean, you've got Eric Dyer sitting in France as well. That makes, that's been a brilliant piece of Pochettino thinking that just to put him there because I mean he came as just a straight defender, but just to pop him in that defensive midfield role, genius. All the difference, and of course, with a bit of a tough Moussa Dembélé beside him, who can just take the ball and just go where he wants with it, despite the attentions of like five opposition players. Yep, yeah, he's playing yeah. like he was uh, two two and a half years ago. He's he's back. He's back at his best. It's a Absolutely, s- yeah. scary prospect. Uh, if I'm a Spurs fan, I would be very, very, very optimistic about uh, the the immediate future, and it's still very yeah. much alive with with Leicester having drawn, although it was in. Uh, Odd circumstances, they they essentially drop two points. It's all yeah. yours. It's all yours to do. So pick up three tomorrow, and it's back on again, which exactly. must be immensely yeah. exciting because I've I've not been in a title race since our uh, our Brendan Rogers uh, uh, aberration, if you like. Uh, and and uh, we've not won the league since I kissed Caridal Gleish on the on the on the cheek uh, after our last uh, after our last win. I must must have been the kiss of death. But I, I'm living vicariously through people who aren't the usual suspects, uh, i.e., Spurs and Leicester fans, and and feeding off yeah. their excitement because it is indeed very very exciting. And uh, I'm 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 looking forward to tomorrow. So you're going to be down at it's Blinkies. You said you're going to be at tomorrow for the game. That's where I shall be. Yeah. So the, 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 no, no entry fee, just straight in and raid his fridge. Yeah. Well, every every now and again I'll drop in a pot of gin or something. Oh, well, <laughs> I'd expect nothing less from you. So uh, um, I've got a couple more things to ask you because, uh, needless yeah. to say, I'm going to be playing some uh, uh, some some tracks for the listeners and um, right. quintessentially. Uh, would you like to pick three and? Uh, and uh, have me play your mini playlist. Pick three um, of your songs, and yes, be, be narcissistic. You love yourself. You are fantastic. Pick, pick what, pick what you think is best representative, or however, however you, you might feel right right now. What do you? Well, think? right now, there's one song that's right on my mind, and it's a song from Last of the Gentlemen Adventures. Okay, that's brilliant. 
Um, I just had somebody write to me, and I, it was one of these things that ends up in the junk email box. Yeah. And um, I found it today. I had a little look in there, and I found it. And it's from an old mate who has stopped being a gentleman, which he's been for years and years and years, and just become a lady. Oh, it seems to be happening an awful lot nowadays. So, okay. Oh, yeah, I've got a mate who did it here, actually. Fantastic. Um, but, yeah, this, this chap, he's, he's over in Los Angeles. He's lovely. Well, I say this chap is nice. It's a lady. Yeah. Sophia. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just got a letter from Sophia saying, hey, you remember me, I'm the artist for me, known as Mark. <laughs> Crikey. Does, have, does he have some kind of a, a symbol now, or... Uh... No. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, so she's she's now Sophia, and she wrote to me and she said that when she was going through all the, the business of like that, stuff it, this is how I'm going to live my life. Um, you know, a lot of opposition and surprise among, you know, friends and relations. Yes. Grief. And she said that. Uh, she kept playing that song over and over again because she liked the business about don't wonder what you should have been, don't wonder what you could have been. And well, she just wrote to tell me that she'd been playing that. Well, that's got legitimate prominence. That has to be number one. So that's that's on top of mind. Anything else that uh, might be sort of bubbling under? Uh, now then, can this be from just that record or does it have to be from Oh, you, 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 can, you can cull it from anywhere you wish. Ah, oh, you see I Commercial instincts taking over. It's oh, that's like, oh, okay. It's my best new album. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it's not as easy as it sounds, is it? Picking three. Never mind one. No, it's a, it's a pig. Um, what do I like? Uh, you know, I, it's an awful thing. I do like quite a lot of them. Well, it's not an awful thing at all. I think uh, I'd, I'd hate to think otherwise. I mean, it's not something you're going to shout from the hilltops, but I'm, I'm sure you're quite fond of your own work. Well, it's true. It's like I have this thing: why work with people you don't like? Oh, crikey! And, you know, why make records you don't like? There's a, yeah, you've got a point. Well, if you can adhere to that mantra, you're a lucky, lucky person, because uh, okay. that seems to be the bane of my existence. But that's that's another topic altogether. <laughs> so we've got mm. we've got two slots to fill that uh, are we're going to share with, with with the listeners. And um, yes, um, I like that song on Condition Blue called Harlan. Oh, yeah, that's a top tune. Yes. Um, it's, it's best thing that happened with that was um, I got this mate in Chicago I've actually fallen out of touch a bit I don't know what's become of him but big old bear of a man from Chicago called Joe and he was a big fan of, big fan of the group he used to come see us and we used to go and have beers and that and um, a mutual friend played him that song Harlan yeah. when it came out and his reaction was to say, I don't know, what the hell is this? Fucking Christmas music? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> and years later, I heard a version that some American group had recorded on a CD. And they'd done a version of Harlem, but they'd just done it like a big, tough American rock group. You know, sort of, I don't know, what uh, kind of sound, exactly Foo Fighters or something, you know. Yeah. And it, they, it, actually, it worked really, really well. Um, so that kind of knocked me out, um, and it's true our version is a bit Christmas music, but I was just really, really keen to stay in that room and keep doing more and more vocals, so I could look into the other singer's eyes while I was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Sage move, but I, I, I'm a fan. I, you know, I've never really looked at it in, in 
a Christmas context, but now, now I'm going to have to, uh, next time I put it on, which is going to be imminent, I'm going to have to listen to it with a, a slightly different uh, different viewpoint, especially bearing in mind Joe from Chicago and his... <laughs> Is he, is he a Chicago uh, native with the, with the Chicago accent? Because I can, yeah, he's, yeah, he's proper Chicago. Yeah, I can I can just uh, just hear him saying saying exactly what he said to you. So we've got two yeah. out of three, and um, yeah. let's fill this third slot with something that. Uh, well, in, in in keeping with the last two, let's uh, maybe have a have a theme whereby it's uh, associated with uh, a friend or a fan. Mm. Yeah, I guess they all kind of do associate themselves with particular people. Um, it's funny, sometimes people come up and tell me what my songs are about. Oh, that must be interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's like going up to George Orwell and explaining, you know, the, the, uh, the, all the nuances behind his last book. Well, I don't know about George Orwell. <laughs> so, so, so people come up and, and, and they're, they're very anxious to tell you uh, how much the songs have changed their lives and, and, and they're, they're very keen to tell you... Uh, Exactly the meaning behind what what you uh, what you put pen to paper as. Yeah, like, yeah, it's it's quite. It makes a change from where do you get your ideas from, though. What's your favorite? Yeah, what's your favorite color? But, but does 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 anybody actually uh, get remotely close, or, or has anyone um, got remotely close, or is it just some kind of uh, uh, <laughs> in, intelligent stab, but nowhere close? That's that's the thing, of course. One only remembers the ones that were spectacularly humorously wrong. Of course, <laughs> of course. So, yeah. yeah so, you so have a drunken conversation <laughs> on tour somewhere in a dressing room with a guy, and he completely cracks it with your song. He was just like, "Yeah, man, you understand? Brilliant." The thing is, that's lovely, but years later you forget it. Yes. You know, life goes on, and you just forget it. It goes off the hard drive. But it's when they come up to you and they say, "See your song still in the kitchen?" And I go, "Yeah." And they go, <laughs> <laughs> That's about your mother, that is. That's about your mum, that is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, cracky, thanks for clarifying that. You know, you know, you know, this has got me thinking. I, I, you, you obviously remember this, but it was back back in the 80s where you did that wonderful series for Brave New Waves on the tour bus. Oh, God, yeah, they had me chatting into a little... Sony Without, yeah, and you're always always having to go, oh, Higgins, this, that, and the other, and it was it was rather fun. Um, I have that on cassette somewhere. I've no idea where, but but uh, uh, can can you share any memories of that? Because I don't want to keep you too too much longer. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed that, and it's not a million miles away in terms of a departure from what we're doing right now. Uh, I found that immensely entertaining. Do you, do you have a copy of that, Pat? No, I don't. To be honest, what, um, if I if I can dig it out, I'll gladly send you the copy because I got a lot of enjoyment out of that, and you probably uh, have forgotten how how funny it was. <laughs> it was legitimately funny whether it was contrived or otherwise it was very funny I tried to be as uncontrived about it as I could I mean just literally just sitting there jabbering in the back of the van half the time brutally candid and uh, just very very real <laughs> I shall I shall try and dig that out but we still we still got to come up with this uh, numero trois of, of your uh, JBC playlist well I can remember um it's a bit embarrassing, really, but um, there was a time I had no idea about Neil Gaiman. I didn't know who or what he was. Never heard of him. Okay. <laughs> so, this, I mean, this, this was the greatest outbreak. And in fact, I think I probably caused upset and dismay in the internet community when, about this. Is uh, This jazzbutcher.com website. Yeah. Has this enormous, sprawling 
waste of bandwidth. <laughs> um, That's harsh. Uh, uh, that's really very unnecessarily harsh because the guy who did it, he did it before we even knew what an internet was. <laughs> it started out as a fan site. And yeah. As we got to know him, he, he just like we communicated and it is what it is today. But um, yeah, bless him. He, he did it as a hobby and also as a CV because uh, now he ends up working for Yale.com. Oh, fun. fantastic. He's an internet expert. So every, everyone's a winner on this story, bless. And he's really good. We never pay him any money or anything. And uh, in the olden days, when the internet was small and it was just a few guys with computers, you know, they had this um, Jasper uh, bulletin board thing, you know, where they talked to each other. Yeah. And one day, he printed out a load of this and sent it to me in the mail so I could read it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh boy, there's this spectacular lengthy Byzantine conversation about my son's sister death. Oh, really? And it was saying, oh yeah, it's about um, that character death in Neil Gaiman's books. Yeah, yeah, it's about her. And I was reading this and I thought, I don't know anything about Neil Gaiman. I don't know who this character is. And so of course I had to go and look at the comic book and find out. Yeah. And then the other lot were going, no, no, don't be stupid. It's about this character in an Anne Rice book. <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, that, that's beyond tangential. How does that even happen? I have no idea. But there, there it was. Let's have a heated debate. And um, there they were having a heated debate. And I'm, you know, I kind of wrote back some replies for Dave to give them. And apparently, this, this, the fact that I'd replied to their conversation struck terror into the community. Right here. It's like, oh no, he's watching. <laughs> oh, crikey. So yeah. I, 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 I would never have guessed in a million years some kind of Neil Gaiman relevance with, with regards to any lyrics. No, there is, there's this little character in his book, she's like a little girl, a little sort of goffy girl, and she is death. Yes. That's the conceit. So, I mean, they'd obviously picked up on that. But I, I said, no, <laughs> you internet clowns. I said, no, it's about St. Francis of Assisi. <laughs> so, so, so reasonably close then. <laughs> Historically, geographically, and in every way you can think of. Bang on the money. Got upset. People got upset. I didn't mean to upset anybody, but it's only the truth. Crikey. So it's not, not some, some little little uh, dark goth, it's St. Francis of Assisi. Yeah, well, he just, that's, that's what he said when he died, because he was always like, hello, brother donkey, hello, sister cow, yeah. you know, hello, brother clouds. And apparently, when he was on his deathbed, he said, come, sister death. And and I thought, oh, there you go. There you go. There it is. <laughs> in, in all its beauty. So, 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 where are we going to go in terms of tagging this to this chap's name? What's what's his what's his name? Or can we disclose the the the, uh, the gentleman concerned? Well, the fellow who runs the website. Yeah, it's a mention to him. Absolutely, Dave Whitmore. Dave Whitmore. David Whitmore down near San Francisco these days, and uh, yeah, I mean he's he's done marvellous favours with that thing, um, and as I said, by the same token, he got himself a good job. Yes, <laughs> he I mean me, took me for a curry once in Seattle. We had a day off, and he took me off for a curry, and I went to pay, and he said, "No, no, no, this is to say to say thanks for making me rich." Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. So you said he's working for Yelp. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, you were the yeah. catalyst to his success. 
He's a proper internet person. You know, he knows all the stuff on the internet. He's very fair. All that stuff online. He even enabled us to sell tickets to our silly little concert in the theatre around the corner, down the internet. As my wife puts it, it's just the magic on the cloud that he makes happen type thing. He just does all that stuff and it happens. So my, my wife, uh, in terms of a computer uh, cognizance, uh, refers to everything as being, is it on the cloud? If it's not on the cloud, <laughs> it is henceforth inoperable, irretrievable, <laughs> illegible unavailable anyway i digress but uh, so, so so we've got we've got we've got one for joe we've got one for Soph, sophia we've got one for dave absolutely joe in chicago sophia delgado down in los angeles california yeah and dave whitmore just up the road in uh, san francisco right yeah they're all in america yeah san francisco. there's no there's no nobody in northampton nobody in the in the home oh, counties well there is oh, of course oh, there, there is, is. But we don't have... bound to be a few in Hamburg as well. I'm sure. I'm sure there is. And uh, I've just got one last question to you, which is which is grossly irrelevant, but I must ask it because it's, it's something that I'm uh, I'm trying to uh, make a theme out of. And it's... Uh, you're, you're at uh, Blinky's tomorrow and, and he, you know, he sticks the kettle on and he offers you a bourbon, a digestive, a rich tea, a hop knob or a Garibaldi. What do you do? A bourbon? Yeah. Which, which a you would, a Garibaldi, a hobnob, the non-chocolate variety. Ah, right. A digestive. Yeah. Is that chocolate? Uh, let's let's say for the sake of argument, it is. And then there's okay. a rich tea. We're getting into the, the, all all the foibles of the biscuits. So so the only chocolate you're going to get is the digestive and the bourbon. Then you've got the rich tea hobnob or Garibaldi. I'm going to go to the chocolate digestive. I think you're a very very wise man. So that's going to go into our that's going to go into our poll, and that is another one in the checkbox uh, column for our, our friends at McVitie's. Wonderful. So, thank you so much for your time and disclosing some uh, of what we can expect in the near future and being able to share some of your past. And uh, oh, we didn't really we didn't even really get around to the future. But... Well, we talked about a new record, which is which is brilliant, um, and perhaps we can talk about more futuristic stuff if you. Uh, haven't been traumatized by the last half an hour and we could uh, we could resurrect this uh, in, in in a few weeks perhaps and uh, be able to look back at the at uh, the football season hopefully with you having a smile on your face yes now we could do a season review that'd be fun yeah that's if you're in, if you're into it that uh, that, <laughs> is, that that is that is penciled in so uh, i will uh, i'm just going to uh, uh, wish you adieu thank you very very much and what we'll do is uh, i will of course uh, hit you up and send you the link for everything that, that we do i'm just going to press uh, stop on the record here pat so you know that you're not uh, being recorded and
I've been 
Say 
sister down Get me out of here I know what you know There's no need to talk anymore And when you're tired And when you're sick of heart When you're lonely, she'll be living there And she'll pick you up And she'll pull you down And she'll hold you close There's no need to talk anymore You'll just bleed if you talk
that's a rare and wonderful triple shot of the jazz butcher material as provided and suggested and requested and uh, demanded by Pat. Um, my thanks to Pat, of course, for the uh, the interview and uh, all of the wonderful tidbits of information. And uh, he is a wonderful chap to chat with. There is no disputing that. So those songs, in order, the, uh, the first of the three was uh, from Last of the Gentlemen Explorers, the title track that is uh, from 2012. And that's for Sofia Delgado in L.A. And I'll try and find you and let you know that this show exists so that you can uh, maybe listen to uh, at least uh, at least the tribute to yourself. Uh, Harlan from 1991's uh, Condition Blue. And that is for Joe in Chicago. And uh, Merry Christmas, Joe, if you're listening. Uh, and Sister Death for Dave Whitman in San Francisco from uh, 1990's The Cult of the Basement. Absolutely brilliant. If you don't don't know anything about the Jazz Butcher, I hope you know uh, a lot more than you did a little while ago. And I do encourage you to seek out and uh, purchase all you can. Very, very talented man indeed is Mr. Fish. Uh, I'll leave you this week with um, one more track. Uh, Noel Gallagher released a 12-inch uh, single with three exclusive mixes of uh, the Mexican uh, now entitled El Mexicano, uh, as mixed by The Reflex. This is a particular uh, mix called the La Revolución Vocal Mix. Um, these these records, uh, uh, sorry, these record uh, store day releases that uh, are uh, as rare as hen's teeth. Uh, I understand, and I'm an audiophile and I collect stuff myself, but I also sometimes, uh, in, in an odd way, perhaps to some people, uh, resent uh, artists chucking out stuff like this and forcing completists like myself to uh, to purchase it and uh, then it's not available in any other formats. And you, if you buy music and a, a lot of music, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'd like to have a, a lossless audio version of this and then be able to file away the, the vinyl in vacuum-sealed packaging. But that, that, that alas, is not, uh, is not a possibility. But anyway, to those of you who have not heard it, to those of you who have not got it or have uh, any plans of getting it, this might be uh, one of the, the rare instances that you uh, get a chance to listen to uh, the, the remixes of The Mexican by, uh, by Noel Gallagher uh, and his high-flying birds who are actually playing here at the, uh, the Blues Fest, the most oddly named festival on the planet, uh, being that there's a slim to no blues there, but uh, I'm grateful for it in, in every other capacity. So we'll get a chance to see Noel uh, if you're in Ottawa and, and Montreal, I believe he's playing um, uh, the day after he plays here. So anyway, uh, thanks for listening to all of you and I shall be back next week with another one.
Thanks for listening to Near Perfect Pitch. Near Perf Pitch is the Twitter handle. Near Perfect Pitch at gmail.com if you want to email your requests. Until next week. <laughs>